keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, succotash, son. But it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two pipe too, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Marks with Dan St. Germain. All right, welcome everybody to Total Effing Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. Joining me, as always, Sergeant Slaughterhouse, essential working son of a bitch, Scotty Chaps. You're goddamn right. <laughs> And Dude, I'm over. I'm over the moon over the uh, the Sammy uh, the Sammy thing. Oh, introduce Zach first. I'm so sorry. Yeah, exactly, man. It's time for a Zach attack 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 attack. I'm here too. Don't worry. Woo! Your, your enthusiasm, buddy. Thank you. I enjoyed I enjoyed the Sammy Guevara interview, and I think people who listened enjoyed it too. So glad I'm glad y'all listened, and and we really appreciate Sammy coming up. Yeah, man, I loved it. Um. Yeah, so how long was the episode that we released? Because we, we cut out like 20 minutes of conversation. That's how cool he was with us. Um, yeah, a lot of it was just us bullshitting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not in a bad way, though. I mean, we, we were having a lot of fun with each other. And then we realized... Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I, I may have revealed the details of a murder, and that's why we had to... Yeah, it was a little something like that. 20 minutes. But... <laughs> Don't worry about it. Maybe we'll bring it up in a shoot interview to come. But it's time for the 10 count. Ding, ding, ding. Number one, Becky Lynch is preggers. Yay. What did you guys think of the segment on Monday? I, uh, I, I liked it. I mean, you knew she was pregnant, but, like, she's drawing it out real long. But then you go, like, well, who's tuning in not knowing she's pregnant and then, like, how are they translating it? Cause she's just kind of standing there quivering. Like I have to go away for a while. <laughs> and apparently Asuka didn't know that was the whole thing. She didn't know she was winning the title. She didn't know any of this stuff. So when it's like, here's the title. And I thought it was super emotional and very sweet, but Asuka's like reacting like, yes, I won. And then it's like, well, wait, what the fuck's going on with you? Like there wasn't a moment of like, Cause then she's like, I'm pregnant. And she's like, wait, you're pregnant. And it's like, yeah, what the fuck did you think she was? <laughs> well, I mean, English is her second fucking language, dude. And dude, but she's got to vacate the title and she's handing it to Asuka. I mean, unless she's hurt. Do you understand what I'm getting at? It's just like a strange um, disconnect with like, I don't understand the communication of it all. That was a full fledged face turn, right? No, I think that's irrelevant. I think that's a moment. That's all. I'm surprised Vinch isn't isn't trying to shoot around it. I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, when you're when you're carrying the brood of the Monday Night Messiah, dude. Now is the time. 
no, dude, you film. How cool would that be if they filmed around it? Like the way that like they did the ladder bump at Mania where they don't show the padding. <laughs> and it's just pregnant Becky. Every match like is a an arm wrestling match from now on. I love it. Yeah, shot from, yeah, just shot from like the breast up. <laughs> It'd be a good ass time. Yeah, I thought it was really sweet though, man. I mean, it got Asuka over. I it think was it's very sweet. Be a deal, it was though. a great segment. I'm a little bummed out that she's having Seth Rollins' baby. I love Seth Rollins, but I was hoping she'd get out of the business. I'm never really pumped when two wrestlers get together. Why? Well, sometimes it works out, but sometimes I feel like. It's going to be Macho Man Miss Elizabeth all over again. Yeah, I think it's a different time, though, man. I think this is, like, real sweet. Um, you know, the kid will be on, like, their giant In other news, Alberto Patron. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, like, especially, like, with their kind of money and the fact that, like, she is, in a sense, the face of the company in a weird way. Well, um, I was really annoyed because in my head I'm like, oh, she's getting cut down before Prime. And then I sort of think about it. I'm like, not really. She could end now and have a pretty great run. I mean, dude, let's be honest. It's nowhere but down from here. Right. Right? I mean, look, think during World think War III. Argument, and I think there's an argument that Stone Cold Steve Austin, once he hit WrestleMania 17, if he had, if he had like, you know, like not done the screw job and just left after WrestleMania 17, he would have had yeah. – a phenom- as good or maybe even a better run than the one he had. Yeah. Like, I, what uh, did those two extra years get us? That Rock Austin match at 19 was amazing. And, and some of the angle Stone Cold stuff was great during his heel turn. But I, I don't think it really added to his legacy. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the truth is like every great wrestler has like an, every great wrestler has a great two years. And that's really it. Right. And then everything else, we're kind of just lying about it. You know, we're just, we're just like pushing it into that two years where it really doesn't belong. I mean, um, so yeah, she can retire, but I mean, who's saying she's retiring, you know? No, you I think she'll a- be back in two years, make a lot of money from a rematch. Exactly. And they'll have the kid on the road and shit. I mean, it's, it's you know, yeah. This is, this is a very sweet thing. And it's good for her because, I'm, dude, she got stale after she won the fucking title and you know it. Well, I thought her feud with Asuka was very good. Yes. And I thought her feud with Shayna was very good. I, I, she kind of got, you know, stuck with Lacey Evans in the beginning. And, you know, her, her feud with Sasha wasn't great, but her match with Sasha was great. Yeah, oh, yeah that was a great match. Um, yeah, I mean, like, was it, you know, was it that first Austin run after he won at WrestleMania 14? No. It no, wasn't. she's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was very good. And she's a, she's a first ballot Hall of Famer, if ever there was one. Oh, I mean, come on, man. Uh, a million percent. And, you know, revisionist history, is that how you say it? I mm. mean, the WWE is going to make it, you know, like historically, when you, when you look back on it, whatever content they put out about her is going to hype her the fuck up like, like, there was never a woman who wrestled before her, you know? Um, Absolutely. So well, I think they'll do, like, older. her and Charlotte were the, you know, John Lennon and Paul McCartney of the women's revolution. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, dude, again, who knows? Like, she's obviously – wait, she's doing, like, September, though, isn't she? She's, like, legit. Uh, not totally sure. 
Dude, so she was pregnant during her Mania match. Wow. Um, you know, she just didn't know. I mean, that, that either uh, adds a star or takes off a star, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> depending on whether or not you're a good parent. <laughs> well, I think the truth is, you know, that is that babies can get bumped around more than you think. Is that what your mom told you? Well, no, I just think it's like, it's safe to say, hey, don't hit a pregnant lady because if you're, if you need to be told that you're definitely hitting regularly on this podcast, (laughs) don't hit a pregnant lady. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think don't hit a pregnant lady is just like, it's, it's the same thing as saying don't hit a lady. It's really just don't hit somebody. I don't think, I don't think a baby gets affected by taking a bump. Not like that new. I'm not a fucking expert in this stuff. <laughs> but I'm assuming if you're like even three months pregnant. Check out Scott's new podcast, OBGYN. <laughs> I'm just saying you could probably take a bump if you're like three or four months pregnant. You know? I, I don't think she found out until after Mania, though. Oh, no, she definitely. Yeah, no, no. She didn't find out until after, but like she was. You know how like you don't, right. you know. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that she, because she hasn't wrestled since Mania, right? No, 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 no. I think she, she, look, let's be honest. She probably find, she probably found out like right before Mania, and she was just like, "Fuck it, I gotta perform in Mania." I don't know if we can really speculate on this. I think we can. And with that being said, Roman Reigns, what is your excuse? <laughs> Zach, were you there? Were you there when Becky pissed on the stick and we? Saw it was blue. Uh, yeah, well, I have some classified information that I can't uh, reveal yet that will be in later WWE storylines. That's sure. right. I'll, oh, there was that report today. I didn't include it on the 10 count. And we and I have a bonus one, which I haven't talked to you guys about. But apparently there was like a huge angle planned for the summer on like the level of a nexus or something, but they didn't pull the trigger. Wait, wait, wait. So you got to explain this to me. What are we talking about? Where did you hear that? WrestleZone just reported that, 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 that they had a huge angle planned before this pandemic that was going to last throughout the summer, and I guess but they're going to wait on it. Did they say who was involved? No, it was like the most non... Yeah, it was, so the, was kind of a nothing update. That's like me being like, oh man, my career was uh, <laughs> was was going to... Amazing things were going to happen this summer for me. <laughs> That's everybody. Everybody's saying these things. That's such bullshit. Number two, is there someone backstage telling Jake the Snake what not to say? Nobody's telling Jake how to write a promo. But you know that that one line that he had about getting hard for the murder hawk so he could have sex with that woman who comes by, which I don't know if he meant a a sex worker or a prostitute, but I I think that that had to be some sort of a – compromise right like yeah i think that he had more horrible shit planned to stay and cody must step in and be like no 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 just just say this one thing buddy the he (laughs) the shit he's getting away with already he said like 10 i don't get uncomfortable like five times off the bat just uncomfortable just women belong like jake the dice man roberts Oh, I love this. Dude, it's so great. And you know what I loved the most um, was during that segment. I mean, aside from the fucking laughable Cody driving 
four feet. <laughs> bump, bumping into a rail. and the, I mean, that made no sense. But the fact that, like, Jake was talking shit to Cody There's while... just something about a guy. It looks... I love Cody. He's, he's, like, top five wrestlers, right? But there's something so odd about a guy with dyed hair who then has his shirt, like, rolled up for fists. I love it, dude. Anytime... This is going to be such an, a random reference. Anytime I see a guy with his... Uh, with his... Uh, with it rolled up, with a button-up rolled up, like he's in a suit, but it's all rolled up, I think of um, in Beethoven when that guy uh, slaps the shit out of Beethoven. And oh, puts, like, shit. Beethoven. That's a fucking heel, dude. That guy is a total heel. What happened that, to that dude? I don't know, but he should be involved in wrestling. That shit was ultimate heel move. But anyway, um, Jay commenting on them brawling, just like, yeah, that's right. Take it. Didn't it make you feel – you ever uh, – do you ever uh, throw balls at those dunk tanks at like a carnival? And it's like <laughs> you a, mean like shoot the freak? Yeah, and it's like a clown shit talking you because you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> Go rewatch that. It's it, that's exactly what it is. It's like thank God for AEW because we know where Jake would be. He also has this weird waistline where I can't tell if he's too fat for the pants or the pants are too big for him. <laughs> you know it's like loose but it's still protruding it's yeah. very bizarre i don't know where he buys his jeans well he has one of those body you know you got to remember he's like what six foot how tall is he six five six oh, yeah. six um so he's like got fairly thin legs guys who are that tall um super thin legs so any fat on top he just has like this big bird presence that's true Oh, I would love it if Jake played Big Bird. Oh, dude. That's how you fucking modernize Sesame Street, man. That's a where are they now. Just like he's just, Big Bird starts wearing trunks with like the snuffle up with his wife on the crotch. <laughs> Walking around talking shit. <laughs> so, so great, man. So great. Number three, Mike Tyson will be presenting the TNT title at Double or Nothing. You guys excited? I think it's awesome. Yeah. I really do. I think it's a big get, especially because he's like, he's kind of in the news, not in the news. I mean, COVID is in the news, but like, right. uh, unlike Instagram and Twitter and shit, I mean, you see him training and he's fucking amazing. This guy can punch um, still. And um, is that when, he, when he said like, I'm coming back to fight, everyone says he's coming back for boxing. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Right. I mean, I'll, t I'll tell you this much. If, if those videos or are for an AEW debut, they are paying him millions. They're, it's I, definitely not for an AEW debut. That's what I'm saying. It would be it would be millions, also, right? I mean, he also had he has that uh, pot ranch or something out in Vegas. I think it's near there, so maybe this is like a way to promote that. That would be fucking awesome, man. Especially because all these marijuana places now, you know, like the uh, the places that can sell cannabis legally the dispensaries, they're not eligible for federal money during this COVID pandemic. So they're all fucked right now, even though they were oh, killing. I didn't, know I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what, um, Oh, that would be great. If AEW started promoting weed. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. They're like sensory inclusive. They're like the most modern. Like I, I just love it. We definitely, we need like a stone cold character, but just weed, but you know, not like Matt Riddle. Like no, he actually Matt Riddle, comes out. Dude, like, recruit Matt Riddle. 
with, like, I mean, Matt Riddle's joints. having a really nice run at NXT, but I think he could be their top guy in AEW pretty quickly, right? Dude, if they told him, like, hey, look, you can come out with a bunch of fucking joints. There'll be a guy, he throws you joints, you smoke joints on the fucking corners of the ring, you clank your joints together. He would fucking do it. My one criticism about this, and look, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy the pay-per-view. I can't wait to watch it. It's that, like, if you're going by traditional NWA booking, the two biggest titles are the the heavyweight title and the tag team title, right? And it just seems like the most important title is the TNT title. Maybe it's because this program has lasted a couple months. It's lasted since the last Uh, pay-per-view. And the Brody Lee Moxley one seems to kind of throw them together. Or is it that Cody is resonating more with me, even though I really like Moxley? I don't know. That's my, my, my only criticism is, you know, the TNT championship, does that become – and clearly they're making it a big deal, which I think is a good thing. Like you want it to have that feeling of, you know, the Intercontinental Championship during the early 90s or the IWGP Championship in New Japan. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering if the heavyweight title suffers. What do you guys think? No, I mean, I think the heavyweight title is suffering because of these specific circumstances. Um, otherwise, I mean, that was on the road to being like one of the most respected titles, right? Um, in the world, probably, right? I mean, they were doing a better job than WWE was. Um, not New Japan, but I, I, I saw it as like the second most important title. Um, I just think now they have a new title to debut. It's they're debuting a title, and so you got to make it a big deal for a moment, and then you yeah. know, on to keeping things. But yeah, you're right. I, I would like to see um, at pay per views moving forward um, the TNT title defended, the tag titles defended, and then the heavyweight title um, in that you know in that order. Do you think the, that Cody and Archer should main event? Dude, that's the weird one. I mean, or does the uh, Stampede uh, Stadium Stampede match main event? Because that's what WWE's been doing. You know, all their like, uh, all their kind of theatrical shit is going on last. So maybe they do that. I, I would. I think that's been a good model. It was a it worked out great with the Boneyard match, and I, I really think that they should main event with that Stadium Canadian Stadium Stampede match. You know what they should do, dude? I was thinking about this. You know how Brody has uh, Moxley's title? He stole it from him. Yeah. He should do a thing where he's like, you need to come to my corporate offices. It will be on the roof of my corporate offices or whatever, my, the title. And Moxley just walks in and gets it, like, quickly, you know? <laughs> or it's like a, it's like a one-floor building. Yeah, yeah, and he's just, and there's just one security guard by a door who's like, hey, man, what are you doing? He just walks past him. <laughs> and just that, that's just like a thing that happens next week, you know? And then, and then he has his title going into the pay-per-view. I mean, it's all very, like, thrown together. It's kind of a bummer. I mean, he took his title. Why? We've seen that a million times. There's no reason for it. Well, I, th- I just think that they're in a tough spot because they don't want to pull the trigger on MJF and Moxley, which would be okay. a great feud. Yeah. Uh, 
Hangman Page hasn't been around, and that would be a really good feud. Moxley and Hangman Page. No, dude, tag champ. What are you talking about? Tag champ. I know that, but I'm just saying, like, people who could feud with Moxley, and for me it would be a really good program. Cody, Lance Archer, all of those would be really good programs, and they're all busy doing other shit. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. It's a, um, it's a weird moment, and I don't think it is what would be happening. Um. But, I mean, it is the best. Like, who else would you pit against fucking Moxley right now? It, it has to be Brody. There's literally nobody else. And yeah, anyone else I, who I, there I is is a worse know. option. So, The only thing that I could see is, like, versus Dustin in a retirement match. I think we talked about that on the phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure, I would like that. Man. Well, I guess Dustin's not doing anything for the uh, pay-per-view, right? Or, or oh, Lance Hurd. One thing I am excited about is John Moxley versus 10 next week with Brody Lee. And I got excited about it because and, and I've only seen like 10 twice. And I think they've done a kind of a nice job building him up. He's got a nice look. He reminds me of uh, Davey Richards or something. He's got a nice look. You but like, I, I did face. have like this uh, WWF no, attitude. He wears a mask. Ooh, John Moxley versus 10 is going to happen next week. Which Dan isn't Go- that big of a match. Dan That's like goes- <laughs> in the 90s when I used to get excited about like, oh, Stone Cold is going to face Midian. I don't understand how you just said 10 has a great look. I don't know, guys. He just wears a mask. What, what are you talking about, his nipples? Shit. Hello? Oh, Dan's gone. I mean, I'm here. Are you guys there? He's just lost. Oh, I'm here. Hello? Dan, can you hear us? I'm sorry, guys. I just realized that uh, my volume was turned down. When when did it? When did I cut off? I don't even think we should cut this. Listen, what happened was Dan didn't hear me responding to him, so he just kept talking about ten for two minutes, and I kept telling him, and I kept telling him, buddy, what do you have to love about this guy? You said he had a great look. He wears a fucking mask. All you're looking at is his chest and his abs. I mean. What color are his trunks? You don't know. You don't. You don't even know if he's wearing fucking spanks. You don't know what he wears. You're well, dude, I like the. What can I say? I like the mystery. I like the mis- I like the mystery. Okay. Yeah, they got a lot of good How big guys, that? right? Hey, they got a lot of good big guys. It's kind of surprising, right? What an AEW? Yeah, man, they got like fucking five solid big guys all of a sudden. Not even all of a sudden, just they do. Wardlow. Uh, 10, Luchasaurus. No, they, they have some. A lot of them feel like Kane. Almost Brody all Lee. of them feel like Kane. Like, they, they can, you can, you can see them in the main event fighting, but you don't think they're going to be the guy yet. Yeah, well, what I like about AEW is I feel like everybody can be the guy. They just haven't, like, released anybody yet. Like, like we're slowly seeing storylines revealed. Um, Cause I've never started with a wrestling company. Like I've never seen the first episode. And so it's, I see the growth in all of it. It's hard to explain, man. But um, like when it is time for a Wardlow to get a main event spot, I'm going to go, Oh cool. Now they're focusing on this guy. It's not going to like feel weird to me. I don't know. I feel like AEW has done a really good job of being like, all of our guys are really great. And like every time like a, a champion is in a match with some, a nobody, that nobody does fairly well, you know, or like, like Scorpio Sky, or we, you know, he seems like a, cont- a contender. I don't know. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. They do a very good job of building people there. 
so uh, far. I mean, with some exceptions. And, I, and even like, you know, like I was a huge Luke Harper fan. I, I know Brody Lee is talented. I, I'm, I haven't been a huge fan of the Dark Order, but at least they took a swing at something. They didn't like give up like WWE does. Yeah, they just kind of bent, they, you know, they bent that cord a little. Like they, they, yeah. Yeah, they're just changing direction as opposed to just, um, you know, going, ah, they don't have memories. They won't know that, that it happened. <laughs> There's still a lot more explaining to do, though. Uh, and, and they really could, you know, especially now where we don't need wrestling matches as much, they could spend a little more time explaining what the fuck the Dark Order is. They could. They kind of have. Yeah, a little bit. Number four, In Your House is back. Are you guys excited? Did you see the reveal? I thought it was a cute reveal. I thought that was fun. It was way more entertaining than the 25th anniversary. For sure, for sure. Um, how do they go about doing this that, like, makes it different? Aside from, like, I'm assuming, you know, the ropes and shit like that, you know? I mean, the way the economy is now, like, the first in your house, they gave away a house. This yeah. one, it should be, we're going to help you keep your house. <laughs> and it's just all the WWE wrestlers they fired three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Drake Maverick makes it to the fucking um he loses for the fucking cruiserweight. And then our- no no no, they give away his house. They're like, not only <laughs> did you lose this match, you no longer have a contract with us. We gave away your home. <laughs> Cut to like Harry Turjanian and fucking Drake Maverick's ass. <laughs> I know. I, lo- I love the idea though. I, I hope they have like, cause it used to be, kind of be like that whole like America's Funniest Home Video set almost. Um, yeah, I dug it. I mean, I hope, I, I I hope it's all there. Be as great as the other pay-per-views, but I don't know. It's just a fun thing to watch. Well, I also, I hope it's not just like super DX heavy. Um, I don't think so. I think that was just the announcement, right? Yeah, I, I would hope so, because they do that a lot, man. No, no, I don't at all. I think of, like, comma and shit, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, like, when, you, when I do see Michaels on it, I, I want to, I don't know, maybe put Michaels in, like, one of his old trunks or something. Like, do something genuinely fun. I don't know if I want to see present-day Michaels in that Gigolo outfit. Lord knows I do. <laughs> Number five, Vanguard fears Jericho. What did you guys think of the segment? I loved it. Some people say it's too silly, but... I mean, Chris Jericho can really do no wrong for me. It's really tough for me to be eh about any Chris Jericho segment. Yeah, also, I mean... I think of all the Matt Hardy shit, it was somehow the least silliest. Yeah. It's like he broke the fucking thing and it just like accepted a chat. I don't know. Like I looked at it like, oh yeah, a machine could do that. Like nothing was out of the ordinary to me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it like jumped the shark much. He broke a fucking, it was cool. And then, and then like, dude, you know the, in my opinion, a payoff, right, in this fucking stampede uh, stadium match, stadium stampede match, is, like, you assume, like, Vanguard has, like, a bunch of little kids or something, you know? And so it's, like, it's, like, ten of these things 
tiny ones flying at the inner circle, you know, kind of dropping water balloons on them or something fun. Oh, I, I would love – imagine Chris Jericho just running down the football field with, like, ten drones following him. It's, oh, dude, that has to happen. The inner circle has to and then, like, be running away. Like, Jericho gets out of the way and Sammy gets fucked. Dude, they hear the thing – first off, they should – I don't know why, like, when that humming starts, they should go, like, you know, oh, no, killer bees or whatever the fuck is that thing in the news, you know? Yeah. And then it's the swarm of Vanguard's children chasing them. (laughs) (coughs) That'd be a blast. That would be amazing. Number six, Rey Mysterio's excuse for not dying Sunday. I have two opinions about this that seem like they're diametrically opposed. My opinions are Rey Mysterio did a great job with this promo and it was also one of the most retarded things I've ever seen in my life. Dude, it's just stupid. Let's play the promo. Right, we are less than 24 hours removed from that grueling Money in the Bank ladder match. How you feeling today? Charlie, I feel great. But I'll tell you, going into last night's match, I kept on hyping myself up by telling myself the risk is worth the reward. The risk is worth the reward. I'll be the first to admit that I saw my life flash before my eyes when King Corbin threw me off that roof. But a miracle happened. Two seconds after I was thrown off the roof, I landed on a second roof just six feet down. By the time I realized that I had to get up, climb that ladder, and reach that briefcase, my partner tonight, Alistair Black, met the same fate and landed right next to me. We then realized it was too late. The match was over. So congratulations to Otis. <laughs> Rey Mysterio, like, it's... <laughs> I, I, I can't... He must be a dream for the, those writers over there. He is yeah. the best at explaining the most r- ridiculous exposition that I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, he should get paid more to have to do that. <laughs> it felt like a weird it yeah, felt like a weird cover up right and, uh, uh, you know everything's cool yeah yeah it felt like he was covering up like an actual issue that happened <laughs> like he really was thrown from the roof and he had to be like no guys uh, actually just so <laughs> just so like the cops don't show up you know no no uh, I'm fine actually nobody hit me <laughs> Number seven, Finn Balor's attacker is revealed, and it's Damian Priest. The crowd goes wild. Oh, this, this is this I is when I go. This is yet. when I, I go. I wish a crowd it. was there. I wish a crowd was there for. What Damian is his gimmick? Is like a, a fucking I'm spicy Chris Angel? Yeah, dude, he's like a street magician. What is it? I don't get it. I don't get it either, man. He's just it's not so mad. bad. It's, Arrow it's, of Annihilation? Is that what they called? Like his the stick? The angel or no, it's not that. It's uh the archer of abomination. I don't know, man. He's he just seems like he's like the guy uh that the girl who reads nothing but Anne Rice novels fingers herself to. <laughs> well, yeah, because no guy dresses like that, you know? Like no but no, no man dresses like that. Except men who are pretending to be a guy they think exists that actually doesn't exist. Are you following me? 
Yes, it's so, like um, it's like if Snake Plixton from Escape from New York was a pansexual. Yeah, you just go, who the fuck is this made up guy? It's like it's like his mom dressed him up or something. And he's well, what's like, so weird to me is is when and as Zach and Scott, when did they reveal that he was the attack? Because I know they had a match, and then he he came in and he beat the shit out of Finn. But did they reveal that he was the attacker before that? I'm forgetting. It's all like scrambling in my mind. No, he like he kind of like was just in the front row and that's what I mean I've never seen somebody who interrupts a match and the first the first shot was Finn, Finn got a clean shot well, Finn hit him first and he fell Which, yeah that was so weird me. yeah that that kind of I you're right I've never seen that before and also like it, it's just tough watching that guy work after Finn has a great match with Cameron Grimes that dude Cameron Grimes when I first saw him I was like oh this is just a jobber, but that motherfucker can work, bro. Yeah, he's good shit, man. Really What's good. What's his gimmick? What's his gimmick? Is he just like I one of the it, blues travelers? I, I think it's like a Dr. John Bayou New Orleans thing. Okay. He, just seems like a, he seems like almost like a small-time hustler on Deadwood or something. Yeah, I, I can't quite piece what it is. Because the music reminds me of Roseanne. Um but yeah, okay. Well, God bless him. I, I, I think he needs something a little more like specific. Yeah, I think his character could do, but I think his work in the ring is, is very good. Yeah, dude, he fucking rules. I mean, so many of these guys are so good. So good. Damien Priest, sorry, not one of them. <laughs> Don't fucking trick us with your erotic magic, Damien Priest. Cut to us interviewing Damien Priest in two weeks. <laughs> Just fucking lying. Just like you're awesome. Dude, I love your nightstick. That one, that's what was so great about interviewing Sammy is like we genuine dude. I you know we listened back to it because we had to figure out you know what we needed to edit for him and stuff, and um, I was just marking out the whole time. It's it's really like you gotta you gotta interview somebody you're a fan of. It's it's tough. It's tough to create that give a shit feeling for anyone else. For sure. Number eight, Sammy Zayn has been stripped of the Intercontinental title, and there will be a plan on Friday, whether or not that's a tournament or battle royal or they're just going to give it to somebody. I don't know. Not a great look for WWE. I understand why they had to do it. It's a very important title for the organization. No, stop, stop. It is, it is. It's the IC title, bro. Okay, okay. It is, but you know it's not. They use it poorly. Um, there's like no prestige to it at, in this moment. It's not like they fucking need it right away to do anything impressive. Um, so like, unless like, you know, cause it could be a gimmick thing. Like, we, you know, we could tune in, um, and it could be like a, there's a comedic swerve to it. They should and, have Ray Mysterio explain why the IC title is being taken away. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than seven weeks and, well, Sami Zayn is like, he's the one guy. And Daniel Bryan was like this for me, not so much anymore. But Zayn is a guy where you go, I don't, I, I've never understood really why he's with the company. He seems so against whatever that company is. You know, he seems like more of a David Starr kind of guy. Yeah, and I, th I think he's probably looking at AEW and thinking. Or just looking to, I mean, whatever, just go do anything, you know? Um, 
But yeah, he's got to be over this, right? I mean, look, like, uh, deal of a lifetime. I think a Ring of Honor fan club member, it's only like $6 a month. And they have all those old El Generico Kevin Steen matches on. Yeah, man. I mean, Freak dude, yourself. Dude, he's, he's a freak talent. I mean, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he, you know, I don't know what his thing is when it comes to actually wrestling, if he feels like he can't go the way he used to. If that's the case, then just stay in WWE, I suppose. But even then, like, he seems like a guy of high fucking moral value. Wouldn't you, when your contract is up, leave the company that since you signed has made deals with Saudi Arabia um, and, you know, shit like that? So, I don't know. I would I mean, think he's... But, uh, here's the thing. is like, look, w- I'm not saying WWE hasn't made some big-ass fucking mistakes, yeah. but every single one of these promoters who's a wrestler, besides, you know, like some really indie shows and you know, the U.S. and the U.K. I mean, a lot of them are fucking small business Republican freelance dudes. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. There's a lot of guys like that in AEW. I'm not saying that's, you know, I, I lean more left politically, but I think that's just the reality of wrestling, right? It just seems like it's a more conservative sport. Mm. Uh, y- yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, you're be wrong. There's some people that are like, you know, there's the Jim Cornettes and the, and the Mick Foley's and the Daniel Bryan's, but yeah, I think it leans more liberal now. I don't know. Do you think? I think it's a bad split. Still... Yeah, it's a bad split. I think internet wrestling fans are um, are liberal. I would I would say. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then the ones that are buying, you know, like that don't even know about the network. They're just like actually paying for pay per views every month. Like, of course, they're conservative. Yeah. Anyway, number nine, Charlie Caruso ruins a raw segment. Let's play the clip. Well, gentlemen, if this does happen, it may just be the greatest wrestling match ever. Holy shit. I have never seen somebody torpedo a pretty cool moment like that in my entire life. Do you think that was her just not listening the whole like? That's how I react to people when I wasn't listening to them, you know? <laughs> like, if me, you, and Zach are at a diner, and you two are talking, and I stopped listening five minutes ago, I might chime in with some, like, yeah, that would be the most amazing thing ever. Like, that's just such a throwaway. <laughs> it felt yeah, like, like she was like... Well, was so, and, and those guys, I mean, the, the promo work that Edge and Orton did in that segment was, was second to none. They took, they took an angle that was finished, and they gave me a reason to want to see a match again. And I understand a lot of people were disappointed with the WrestleMania match. I wasn't a huge fan. You know, I, I did not hate it like everybody else. But I was fine because the story that led up to it was so great. And Randy Orton, or I don't know if it was Randy or it was one of the writers, but they found a way to make it more... You know, and tre- interesting again and palatable. And then she just came in and I'm like, I don't want to fucking watch this match now. Yeah, she, she, she said it like a, like a presenter at an award show. You know, like when all of a sudden people don't know how to read when they're presenting at an award show. She, that was so fucking mortifying. And you can see like Edge and Orton are just like, what? Yeah, and they're like, well, great. You fucking ruined it. That's like... um. 
you know, you're not supposed to uh, introduce like a comedian as like, he's the greatest comic in the world. Like you can't oh, say that. i had that happen. That's the fucking worst, dude. Because, because then you go there on and you're not. one guy who comics over at Karma. I won't say who the guy is, but uh, he would be like, he would bring somebody up and be like, Richard Pryor, Bill Hicks, Scott Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That's the intros we need. I just don't think that they give they give none of these backstage interviewers any POV and strip them of enough personality to just make me feel like I'm getting interviewed by the fucking Stepford Wives or it's like the last scene from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Well, you know, they these backstage interviewers used to have personality, right? Like a mean gene. Um, and a great thing about mean gene though was like he he was I thought Sonny was pretty good too when she did it very briefly because yeah. she had spin on it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and the great thing about Mean Gene though was he like fought back uh, with the um, with the heels. Like if if they were being assholes, he would kind of let them know. Um, and then when it got to like the Rock, when he just wouldn't let them speak and he would just treat them like cucks, you know. Um, and now it's just completely just plug in news reporter shit. Um, yeah, I wish there was more fucking personality to them, man. Or just don't do it. Or just do what they did in the Attitude Era and have those guys cut everybody off. The best Michael Cole is the Michael Cole at the beginning of his career when he's getting yelled at people, yelled at by like the rocket shit. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and, and also, man, like even. You want to heighten that moment more? Like, Vince is there, right? Have Vince just stand there. I mean, as long, you know, just, he's like, guys. I don't know if that's a good idea. Dude, come on. Yeah, because he might insult it. At the 25th, we just saw that dude at the 25th anniversary. And and also, even that segment of Money in the Bank, which I know some people dug, but, I mean, that guy, it just feels like he looks like covid well, then, then do what AEW is kind of doing where you have, like, these veterans kind of in the ring during these moments, you know? Like an old head who's just kind of there, like... Yeah, get somebody... Get, well, Vince hates old people on screen, but if you got somebody like Ricky Steamboat, that would be a lot more to me. Yeah, just, just somebody like that. I mean, I know you can't just randomly bring in a legend because of what's going on now, but you have all those, you know, backstage guys and... I don't know. I think it's just a waste and, and it really does, it, it devalues it. It makes it feel like, um, like an American idol thing. Like if these two guys, if it's that heated between these two fucking guys, why is some tiny girl in the ring with them? Why is she right. even there? You know, this should be something where it's like, this isn't safe for her. Right. Number 10, Scott's new Japan corner. Any news, Scotty? Hey, yeah, man. Actually there is um, some news. So um, the uh, president and CEO of New Japan, he released a video um, this week, uh, sometime this week, I think it was yesterday, but depending on when you're listening to it. Um, and, you know, Harold Main, I, I, Mage, Mage is his name. Um, he basically gave three reasons as to why they're not running empty arena shows. Um, and they're just being like super, you know, like, hey, look, number one, it's not safe for our fucking wrestlers and our staff. Um, as much as you want to act like it is, it's much safer if we just stayed home. 
So he said that's why they're not running empty arena shows. Uh, secondly, something about the way arenas are there, like the people who own the arenas actually aren't running shows. A lot of them are like owned by government and shit like that. I don't understand that. Um, and then number three, um, which is my favorite reason, is that you know they see themselves as like a a leader um, of like how to properly conduct yourself. You know, I don't know how to word that. He worded it better. Um, but basically he's just like, yeah, no, we're going to do the right thing and be the example of what you should be doing in a time like this. Um, just so mad. It's, it just must be so fucking good for some of those guys to like, just have some time off. Like, can you imagine this Ishii now in a hot tub? After oh, all dude. that motherfucker has been through. That's another thing he said. He was like, also like, let's not forget that, you know, these wrestlers are finally getting a fucking break. I mean, these are guys who, who their necks and shit. I mean, that's actually the fear. It's like they are, if, if wrestling was a drug, they are heroin, right? The way they wrestled is fucking heavy. Um, yeah. And now they're off of heroin. Like if they just go right back to bumping on their heads, like are they going to kill themselves? Is it going to be, you know what I'm saying? Is it going to be like shooting up? I, I have no idea. I don't know. Like when I saw Sammy take that bump from Matt Hardy, I, I, I didn't know how that was fucking possible. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're going to have some bonus number 11s and 12s, folks. Stick with the Hardy. Number 11. Jeff Hardy has an idea for his own, I guess, maybe sequel to Final Deletion or or I, I, I would say his version of the Boneyard match. And here it is. Here's a direct quote from Jeff Hardy. I was on my motor crash. I was on my motor motocross track and I had this vision where if there was some kind of motocross match, like a ring in the middle of it that was all lit up, but there was a race going on at the same time. So I'd have all kinds of nutty, crazy ideas. That's the beauty of pro wrestling. Anything's possible. Yeah, that, that's something that is usually followed with, uh-huh, honey, and then the mother <laughs> handing her kid in the back seat his kid's meal. <laughs> I mean, what, like a child? <laughs> what a silly fucking thing to say. That doesn't sound like a good idea. That is fucking dumb. It really, you, uh, for those listening, just look up the quote and read it to yourself. It does read like when Trump was um, suggesting we find a way to use uh, <laughs> the sun, <laughs> the UV lights, and to inject uh, disinfectant. Like there's the wording is so similar where it's just, it's just a kid excited to come up with an idea that is impossible. He talks like a verse from ICP's Magnets. Uh, he's, he's so different, man. He's so different. Or whatever the ICP song or Magnets, how do they work? I forget what I, the fucking point it is. Number 12, another bonus, and then we're out, folks. How should Otis cash in his money in the bank contract? He said that he would do it for a tag team championship, which I think would be fucking awesome. But if they, if I'm they afraid they're just gonna like they're gonna do like Tucker telling him, "No, man, you got to go for the big title or some shit like that." Oh, uh, that would be cool. I, I mean, look, that's a great storyline. Him and Tucker doing anything with those is really cool. Whether it's them actually doing it for the titles, which I love, or him acting like he wants to and Tucker saying, "No, you got to go for this." All of those are awesome. 
um, if taken seriously. I think Otis is hilarious and he's going to be funny. And so whatever he does with the briefcase has to be serious. Does, does that make any sense? I don't know. I want to see. Oh, you, I think you and I have heard it. I, oh, I'd love to – the moment that I want is Tucker just going, look, I know you got a you know, challenge for the titles and all this for the title and I'm going to be your manager. And then, and then Otis going like, no, I want the tag titles with you. I just think that elevates the whole title. I also, I just it don't saves I the titles for sure. It saves the tag titles. It puts them on a much bigger pedestal. Absolutely. Than they were. But you know, I, with the way McMahon looks, the tag titles, I don't know if that's at all a possibility. The only reason they would do it is because AEW seems so focused on tag teams, you know? Um, yeah that I could see them doing it in response. Like, oh, shit, we actually need a division now. Um, so, yeah, that would be the way to go. Um, but otherwise, I mean, the more realistic things are he's going to cash in on Braun or The Fiend, right? Yeah, there's always there's also rumors that Mandy's going to fuck him over. What do you mean? Like, um, he'd go to cash in and then she's... Like, kick him in the dick. But how would you a... do that with Mandy or Bray? You know, that seems kind of weird. I don't know how you do that. But also, we've just seen it a million times. Like, why can't this finally be the guy-girl storyline where they're just like, oh, yeah, let's be friends, and they're just, like, kind of okay with each other the rest of their lives? Yeah. I don't yeah, want to see her turn around. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Dude, well, so he... folks, big news. We are going to have our first Patreon episode drop next week. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to do it for a month. See, you know, how many people fucking want to do it. Uh, it'll be an extra episode every week. Our first episode, and we're going to switch it up. We're not going to have, we're not going to have a, uh, a, you know, it's not like you're going to get this service and, and it's just going to be this theme every week. We're going to switch it up every week. But our first episode, we, uh, we, did, we did an episode early on called, well, God damn it, fix it then, where we fixed some of uh, WWE's most fucked up angles or angles they botched so we're gonna do that on monday and scott and i are gonna rebook the autumn of punk we all know the summer of punk was a huge success but after money in the bank the punk was kind of pushed this was was pushed only out for two weeks when there was a lot of problems kevin nash jumped in for some fucking reason i don't know we're gonna go through what happened and how we would fix it uh, for, so basically, from the end of Money in the Bank to WrestleMania, and it's going to be a blast. Yes, if you so you're going to get four episodes like that every month if you join our Patreon, and I'll post that on my Twitter or Instagram uh, once we have that set up. So tune in. All right, doggy, peace, peace, Zach. You got anything? Uh, instead of wash your hands, I actually have something to plug this week. Go listen to the Sammy Guevara interview. Fuck yeah. yeah. Don't wash your hands, no. <laughs> Don't wash your hands. Listen to the Sammy Guevara podcast, then wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Just goddamn it, wash your hands. Uh, thank you, guys. Have a good one.